Welcome back to another episode of the Wise Men Wrestling Podcast. You got your boy Ray, and we're blessed with Gerard back from New York City. Yeah. Can't wait to get into it. We're missing Sean tonight, but Sean's got big things going on today, so we wish him and his uh, lovely wife good luck to them. So Yeah, they're doing adult things, and this is a no adult zone. So yeah, absolutely. Let them do their adult things, and they'll get back to us. We just got week. back to Gerard's off of Bagel. Bites ban. I had bagel bites today. <laughs> it's only it. been since Royal Rumble. But that's that's what you get for talking about my steak. <laughs> but uh, go ahead, lead the way, man. Talk about your fantastic, happy belated birthday to you for the for the users that uh, listen to us. Mr. Rod just celebrated his birthday. We're not going to say the number because it's none of your damn business. <laughs> but uh, what a weekend to spend in New York. Oh yeah, New York is fun. I always have fun when I go to New York. I get really inspired when I go out there. Um, there's just so much happening, even on a regular day. And I just decided to go out there um, for WrestleMania weekend. Now, I didn't actually go to WrestleMania. Actually, I didn't do any WWE-related activities while I was out there. But I kind of did it on purpose to, the, to kind of prove a point. I think WrestleMania is just like you know any other event like... Uh, like a NBA All-Star Weekend or like a Super Bowl Weekend like it's just so much to do surrounding wrestling that you pretty much don't have to go to the show you know so in order to have a good time see a lot of indie shows see a lot of the off brands um, the other brands kind of doing their thing um, it's just a really lot to, really lot to get into um, my plan involved Supercard of Honor <laughs> That um, was crazy. Yeah, G1 Supercard of Honor at the uh, Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. Um, so this show was significant because this is the first time that this, the Garden ran a non-WWE show since 1960. Shit. And not only does this kind of, you know what I'm saying, that moment where, you know what I'm saying, we're actually kind of branching out now because... Now we're actually going to have other shows that are going to be running the garden as well. Uh, so while I was there um, on Friday, Triple A had a press uh, press conference outside of Madison Square Garden, and they announced that they're going to be running the garden. Uh, I can't remember the date right now, but sometime in September. So wasn't that for the uh, NXT the NXT live events that they're putting together or something? No, no, like no, no, no. This is oh, no, excuse me, sorry. This is Triple A from um, Triple A. I thought you said Triple H. My bad. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, this is Triple A from Mexico. Um, number one um, promotion in Mexico. Okay. So they're running the show at the Garden sometime in September. I think it's like the second and the third week in September. So you know now she's like the, the the Garden is like open season. I think that the WWE is also going to run a couple events there as well. In tandem with everything else that's going on, because you know the WWE is just not going to let you run in their territory and they not have a say or about it. So yeah, just to just to let you know, it will be Sunday, September fifteenth, and they're calling it Triple uh, A Invading New York. Yeah. So uh, that should be definitely pretty good, and it's likely that, according to this uh, article that came out on April fourth from WrestlingInc.com. They're saying that it's most likely that AEW talent will be involved with the upcoming show as well, especially since Cody and the Young Bucks walked in there at uh, last month's uh, 
Ray de los Reyes. <laughs> they took their titles. <laughs> took their titles, so <laughs> might well, as well just well, go definitely. Back. Well, I mean, the um, the current cruiserweight champion is also signed with AEW right now. You know, the Lucha Brothers that mm-hmm. you know saying do they do everybody's promotion, including the Triple um, A. They were the former tag team champions. You know, saying they're also signed with AEW. So yeah. I don't see them doing a show without AEW talent, and I think it should be a combo show, just like the G1 Super Card of Honor. Okay. They pull that off pretty well, and I think you know they'll pull off it. They'll they'll pull that off even better. But let's get into the G1 Super Card of Honor. This was my first time actually going to the Garden, and I'm so happy as a Bulls fan to my first time going to the Garden, and I'm not going for a Knicks game. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Fuck you, John Starks. <laughs> Fuck you, Allen Houston. I can go on for days. You <laughs> mean. <laughs> you in your ugly shoes. <laughs> Even the fucking retros went straight to Payless. Right. So fuck that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you saw a fantastic card. I know I was having trouble with my end, but I at least got to see a good portion of it. But I mean, you were there live yeah, the, in the building. The building was crazy. From what I can tell, it was sold out. So that was 20,000. Somewhere between 18 and 20,000 seats that were sold. And, you know, so it was a lively crowd. You know, everybody kind of. Kind of knew everything that was, that was happening, so that was pretty good, especially for the New Japan stuff. So, it might help me out, because, I mean, I've always wanted to go to Madison Square Garden. Is this, I mean, I know it's huge, but is it's this huge. separated where it's like the basketball courts by itself and the ice rink for the Rangers are completely separate, or I, is it just I one think, giant? I think it's a combo thing, just like the uh, United Center is. Okay, so it's a combo. Yeah. Because I always, for, for some reason, I don't know why, but I always thought it was like, it was that damn big. That it was two separate actual. It's it's huge, um, vertically. Okay. So that makes sense. I was my seats were in like the two fourteen section, and so you know you can you can imagine what that is. But I well, I had to climb like maybe four or five stories. That's the three hundred section at the United Center. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just to get to the two hundred section. So yeah, in that sense, it's vertically, and it's also connected to Penn Station. So that's okay, kinda like the so that's part. probably why it. It, you know, just from the outside looking in, especially if you're looking at pictures like I do, ever so wanting to wish to go there, but uh, that's why. Okay, so that makes complete sense. But it was it was a, it was an amazing event. It was it, I was so happy to be there. It ha- kind of had that feel. Everybody kind of had that feel like we're there. We're witnessing history. Oh yeah, you know, what saying in the in the goosebumps were there. I will say from from a crowd perspective, they really did pop more for the New Japan stuff than they did for the Ring of Honor stuff. There's a lot of people who were really weren't familiar with what's going on in Ring of Honor right now, including ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in Chicago, so we're not in the St. Clair market. Um, I think if you use the app that they have, uh, the, not yet. The Cubs just signed with the Sinclair Market as oh, well, so they're really? going to be they that they just announced it so a different podcast. But <laughs> as as our little marquee goes, uh, it's actually going to be the Marquee Network, and they signed with the Sinclair Network. Okay, so they I may mean, I remember before maybe was, that kind of brings into the Chicago the Midwest market where they can we're open to getting because I know it's impossible with my streaming with my internet TV. Don't fucking snitch on me, please. <laughs> but uh, we're all family here. Yeah, we're all family here. Other, okay? But yeah, I, I like I couldn't see. I, I haven't seen one Ring of Honor event when it was live on the on the network. So I was like, ah, screw it. They do have the Honor Club, and they do post like the episodes there. Um, I don't get the chance to use the app as often as I I can, but it's a bit confusing. It's not as confusing as the New Japan stuff. Okay. But it's a bit confusing in terms of do you know that you're watching like the the most latest episode or you watch the subsequent from 2011 that's what I kind of get mixed up at New Japan I, I feel like everybody shares their credentials like Netflix because <laughs> uh, as like my fiance and I were at this uh, 
restaurant Lucky's over okay. by Wrigleyville where they stuff like coleslaw and french fries and that's another podcast <laughs> but dude was like a huge fan and he was going on a Jericho cruise and he's like you gotta you gotta watch New Japan and that's when you know we the early developments of our podcast and I would be representing like the uh, the you know the casual fan and whatnot mm-hmm. but uh yeah, he gave me his credentials out of nowhere. I was like, oh, that's what's up? Okay. Well, so, that's, that's, that's just fandom right there. That just goes to show you that wrestling is popular. It's part yeah. of the conversation. I'll share I'll share my Netflix password for the first person that responds to this. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got to get a piece. But, uh, yeah, one of the biggest... Uh, we'll start off... We're going to skip, like, the Rumble stuff and like that. Well, we should talk about the Rumble. Oh, go ahead. Fresh. You had some couple, notes on that. A couple significant things there. So I got there right when the Rumble was happening. Okay. Um, and the Rumble probably had one of the biggest pops of the night. At one time in this match, we had Jushin Thunder Liger, who's retiring next year at the Tokyo Dome. Mm-hmm. Legend in the game. And you were hoping... Uh, I believe that was the one... The, wasn't that the guy that you were... In the earlier podcast, that was the guy you wanted to see. I mean, in the match. Yeah, but I mean, definitely. That was, I was hoping that some like because they the WWE brought him in before for a match. Hopefully, that maybe we could bring him in again and have him work with Rey Mysterio. Something because that was the match that we were supposed to get that we did, we never got. Um, you know, unfortunately, that didn't that didn't happen. But Juice Thunder and Liger, Haku. Remember the 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 father the, the, <laughs> of all the Samoans, the great Samoan family, Haku. And the great Muta, Muta. Yeah. <laughs> in the ring at the same time at one point during this match. And when Muta came out, when Haku came out, we were just so confused. They played the original Bullet Club music. Oh, wow. And he came out in a Bullet Club shirt because, of course, his boys are part of the Bullet, Bullet Club. But when he came out and they announced it like Haku, we were like, no, <laughs> no way. That's and, awesome. And then maybe like two or three people later, the great Muta was announced, and we were just like... So that explains the text, me- the frantic text messages that we were receiving from oh, New yeah. York. <laughs> <laughs> we, have a, we have a chain of text messages that we've started from shit way back when, and now it's just manifested to any everything wrestling. And then once in a while, we'll check in, hey, how you doing, you know, personally. But <laughs> as we were getting those uh, text messages hot and frantic. Yeah, I believe mom was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, as like I said, I represent the casual fan. I had no idea what the fuck they were talking about. All of a sudden, what? <laughs> wow. And I'm, and I'm frantically looking on the, on, the, on the TV like, what the so, fuck are they talking so about? So if there are any casual, because I believe there are actually a few casual fans that listen to the podcast. Um, the Great Muta is probably the Japanese equivalent of, like, Hulk Hogan. Oh. So just imagine, you know... Just less racist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> so just imagine, you haven't seen this guy in a while, you know he's old, you think he's probably retired, and all of a sudden he just shows up at the Mass Square Garden, but this kind of goes to prove how historic this event was and how everybody everybody wanted to be a part of it, and we'll get into the everybody part of just in a minute here. Because there were a couple of quote unquote uninvited guests that kind of showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I mean, the, the the Rumble when they do it is always fun because you get to see a lot of people. You know, saying it just like just like the Royal Rumble. Um, I think it's a little bit special when the other co- companies do it because it's just it's a, it's a thing that kind of gets you warmed up. You know, saying and ready for it. You know, the rest of the night. So. And for a pre-show, I mean. That's a hell of a way to kick things off. Yeah, I also have to give a shout out to Chicago's very own Cole Cabana. He is a lucky son of a bitch. I mean, I know he's been wrestling for years and he's worked hard, but you know, saying with all these legends inside of the ring, he had a chance to actually be in there and wrestle them as well. Like, you know, he he has to be smitten for a guy who, oh, yeah. you know, 
Coco Bama is one of those success stories where, you know, you don't have to be the WWE guy to be successful and to, to kind of live out your dreams in this industry. Um, I, I can't imagine how he must have felt. He had to feel like a little kid again. Oh, yeah, for sure. This side of that ring, you know what I'm saying, with all of those legends and interacting with um, Tejano, like, that was crazy. So, you know, shouts to, shouts to Coco man. You are you are living the dream. <laughs> um, and just to kind of wrap it up, Kenny King um, pulled the same tactic as everybody else does in any Royal Rumble match or Battle Royal. We were just talking about this earlier. How Wait, he hit under the damn yeah, stage? Yeah, he, he disappeared. And then he reappeared <laughs> at the end. He eliminated Muda. He eliminated um, Jushin Thunder Liger. And he won. So I can't stand that tactic, man. I mean, that's the shit that you get pissed off at somebody when you're actually playing a video game at home. Yeah. Some motherfucker can't, you know, <laughs> bullshit. Like, it's it's cute, but now it's just been overdone. Like, we've literally seen this happen. At every, every battle royal. Every battle royal that we probably had, like, the past two years. Yeah. At no. least. It's, <laughs> and, and we heard uh, Solomon Monster earlier talking about it on his uh, podcast. Shout out to Solomon Monster. I actually got the chance to meet him when I was out there as well. I went to the so. Solomon Monster meetup. Um, that was a great affair as well. Lots of beer, lots of people. <laughs> Jukebox with um, WWE theme songs. Oh, that's all. fucking dope. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're just acting crazy. Becky Lynch's song, we were acting crazy. Side side note, we were going to... Oh, no, no. We'll talk about that later. That's okay. the next episode. Okay. But yeah, that's pretty dope. <laughs> but yeah, um, so that and then Well, so I'll just, I'll just give you... A, I'll just say this up front. It seemed like all of the Ring of Honor representation um, at the show were more angles. Like, they did entertain the things and they had matches, but they were kind of more angles to kind of set up for television or probably their next pay-per-view. So, um, uh, more of the pageantry, I would say, would be on the Ring of Honor side. Oh, of course. So, I think a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but some people were probably disappointed with those matches. Because, as I was saying before, there, was, there really wasn't a lot of Ring of Honor versus New Japan sort of matches. It was only like maybe two or three. Okay. So it was a lot of pageantry, a lot of you know, a lot of things happened on that side that kinda of set up for the television. Um some of it was exciting. I'm I'm not gonna lie, but you know what I'm saying it didn't really it took away from them actually having matches. We'll get into, you know, saying how that transpired later on. Mm-hmm. Um I think the actual pay per view opened with um with wow. Space versus Cobb. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> I read a I read a line from one of the guys, and it said it was it was the battle of guy who will flip you over against the guy who will smash you with your face with your fists. <laughs> so I mean, it was like, from what I saw, it was crazy, and uh, that moon that standing moon salt. Oh yeah, Cobb did. I'm always <laughs> impressed when the big guys are doing doing things like that. Um, so nimble, <laughs> Jeff Cobb, the former uh, monster Matanza from Lucha Underground. Versus Will Ospreay, the the aerial assassin. Um, it was a great match. Um, they're both super athletic guys. You know, even though they were trying to tell the the um, David versus Goliath, you know, what I'm saying story. Mm-hmm. But I mean, both of these guys could pretty much do the same thing. Okay. So whenever Jeff Cobb did something, it was just it was just amazing. Like he, it was just it was just freaking amazing just to kind of see that in person. So able to scratch it off the bucket list there in terms of seeing those guys perform. Um, yeah, it was a good match. It was a good opener. It got the crowd hype. What would you rate it? Um, probably about four out of five. That's not bad. Four out of five. Not bad. Then uh, what was it? The next match that we had was the Dalton Castle versus Rush match. Okay, so this <laughs> this was weird. Um, this seems to be WrestleMania did this too. So I guess you know, saying it's okay for us to do. Uh oh. 
Yes. So, as you all know, for those of you who have been uh, listening to us since day one, uh, <laughs> we know that Lacey Evans, because we always record during WWE uh, Monday Night Raw because usually the 8 o'clock hour is the worst. Uh, we but, actually started this podcast with the with the Alexa Bliss match yeah. because we were just not interested in that. Yeah, we're not interested in watching Lexi <laughs> wrestle right now. But we're watching right now. It's a little scuffle between Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans. So <laughs> it seems Lacey Evans actually finally uh, got some hands thrown on her. Rather than this little, uh, we kind of figured that post yeah, she was gonna, yeah, she was gonna set her up, yeah. mind, like the title or whatever. So. This should be interesting. We kind of figured this, and this is this is this is this is picking a little interest. There we go. We haven't seen any any action from Lacey Evans since Royal Rumble, and I believe because there Uh-oh. was a lot of bat, uh, a lot of botches in that match. I was suspecting that they would kind of just run it with this gimmick to give her some time to get her to get herself together. She was part of one of those that that bad batch of call-ups that they did that absolutely all that impressive. But they and she's the only one that getting. Uh, She's the only one regularly appearing. Yeah, and she may not wrestle, but she she speaks more than uh, she said maybe more words than EC3. <laughs> I know, like Vincent, a lot of the upper upper management people are really big on Lacey Evans. I know she's a former former uh, military. The, the WWE loves their military. <laughs> and now they're just announcing that Dean Ambrose's uh, last match. But you know what? Out of respect to New Japan and Ring of Honor. We're going to ignore this because we got another segment that we yeah. can talk about. WWE. Yeah, yeah. So, so Dalton Cash versus uh, Rush, we're talking about it. So, weird thing, this was a squash match. <laughs> I can tell you that Dalton Castle's interest was amazing in person. <laughs> it was it was everything that you expected it to be and more. Um, the other guy that he was fighting, I didn't. Uh, Rush. Oh yeah, Rush. The, the, I know that I know that Ring of Honor is big on this guy. They're really pushing him. Well, like you said, I mean the whole thing was a squash match, but like Ring of Honor was looking to set up angles exactly with the stories, where New Japan was just here's a match, enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah. But uh, this one, this one is definitely gonna set. I mean, fuck, it lasted 15 seconds for guys. So you know, <laughs> so they may wrestle like a beast. So going forward, you'll 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 see more of him. Drop kicking the hell out of people. It was just literally three drop kicks in the pen. Um, <laughs> Dalton Castle had um, beat up his boys after after the match. So, you know, so we're suspecting that Dalton Castle is going to be a hill going forward or at least for the time being just frustrated. He's beaten up on his boys before. So I wonder what the angle is this time. I know that Dalton Castle um, not only has had back issues, mm-hmm. but maybe the past couple of years, um, he really kind of put a damper on his title reign when he was when he was a champion. He kind of mentioned that. In an interview, um, that he really wasn't happy with that. So if this means that they're going to start doing something with Don Castle again, and he's well enough, you know, send a go at least do something. I'm I'm kind of for it. That's what's up. Um, just weird to see that a squash match at an event like this, but <laughs> but I guess if you have a lot of matches on the card, some of them are going to have to be that. <laughs> As we've seen with the uh, other brand, that yeah, we'll, that we'll talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next match was the Women of Honor, uh, Iwatani versus Kelly Klein. So the women's division in Ring of Honor is not really that strong. They've had some people there. They had some people leave. So you can just imagine like this was, imagine like WWE before the women's evolution, but they actually oh. gave these women time to go out there and work. Okay. They had a great match. I enjoyed the match, but this ended up being one of the bathroom breaks, unfortunately. Okay. And I think this is kind of more related to people not really being familiar with the two. Okay, but I I loved everything about this match. Um, yeah, the one comment that I read on this this is the kind of match that would lead a WWE crowd, a, a Monday Night Raw audience to start. This is boring. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was just kind of expected, but you know, so I, I think like the crowds for these types of shows are a little bit more respectful than the WWE crowd. Oh yeah, because you know they don't they don't shuffle shit to you know send their audience like you know mm-hmm. other guys do. For but, sure. um, but I mean, this was a solid match. I, I gave it a three point five out of five. Um, there were there were a few spots in there that were that were pretty crazy. These two women went, were really athletic and went out there and did their thing. Um, after the match, we saw the return of the beautiful people. Yeah, so as if, they attacked. <laughs> yeah, so if you're uh, if you were ever a fan of Impact Wrestling or TNA, maybe like three or four years ago, you probably remember the beautiful people. You probably remember um, Angelina Love and Velvet Sky. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, looks like their faction is back. I was reading online that they're actually teaming with Mandy, Mandy Moore. Not or Mandy Moore. Mandy Leon or Mandy Leon. Leon. <laughs> they're teaming with Mandy Leon. Mandy can, Moore. Yeah. That sounds just like Candy. Sorry. <laughs> I know that song. <laughs> she hates it too. <laughs> um, so I think is this is the faction called Allure? I'm sure that, that's something we'll go with it that's, that's unless somebody wants to respond to us when we post a link and it'll be sure to give us a correction if that's oh, it yeah, we'll, some, we'll some, shout you out on that yeah, <laughs> we'll shout you out point Dexter but yeah um, so you know like I said it was another thing that kind of set up a set up an angle for, for TV or whatever but it was good to see the beautiful people back yeah on the card or whatever so the next one that was you know broadcast was it was going to be Juice Robinson versus Bully Ray then it flipped. Then it was a match change. It was Bully Ray, Silas Young, and Shane Taylor in the New York Street Fight versus Flip Gordon, Juice Robinson, and Matt Haskins. So this was this was interesting. So I didn't know. I'm actually so at the beginning of the match, the the official song for G1 Supercard of Honor was was performed by a guy named Mega Ran, who I'm actually a fan of. Mega Ran is a rapper. I think he's from. I want to say he's from Philly. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but um, I didn't know he was actually already working with Ring of Honor. He's actually been seen in the WWE a few times um, with the New Day. Okay. I guess he had already been working, but once again, I don't get a chance to see Ring of Honor television, so I'm not 100% sure. But it looks like this is a segment that people are kind of already familiar with. He was performing a song. Um, they were booing him. I'm, I'm hoping that was just because that's part of you know what they do on television and that they just didn't like him. <laughs> Because he's actually a pretty cool guy. He's actually pretty talented as well. Um, but he was, he was performing the song. And, you know, Bully Ray came out. And they, people kind of started cheering. And, you know, he was kind of playing a thing where he thought they were cheering for him. He saw Bully Ray. Um, <laughs> they had a confrontation in the ring. He pushed him. He got back up. Got back in his face. <laughs> so it was pretty It was pretty fun at the beginning. And, you know, shouts, shouts to Mega Ran. I didn't know he was that deep. Yeah. Um, into and you're right. You were right. He is from Philly. He is from Philly. Yeah. yeah, I've seen him perform a lot of times before. He's got a he's got an amazing story. I'll talk about it later. But how, as far as how he got on, but you know now that he's on Ring and Roll Television, I guess that's the next step, and that's pretty good for him. Yeah. So I'm proud. I'm proud. I'm happy for him. I'm start fan, so. and what a hell of a start. Yeah. During their like WrestleMania weekend, <laughs> I was like, that's pretty dope. Yeah, it is. So when we were talking about this match before, we were talking about this open challenge. We were trying to decide who is he going to fight. So I was I was one hundred percent sure it was going to be Flip Gordon because they had such great chemistry in matches before, and I was pretty sure that this was something else that Flip Gordon would take advantage of, especially being in the Garden. Mm-hmm. They put a filler out there that said that Flip Gordon re-injured his knee, 
So it's like impossible for him to be there, and this is perfect. You know, when else, whenever you can't deny everything else, just flat out lie to us and tell us. Yeah, you know, it's okay. You know, so it's just not make up for it. Make it up to me with a good match. <laughs> so then the rumor or the obvious choice for us was Juice Robinson. He's the United States champion, which we also alluded to during uh, when we were talking about the Supercard match. I said he was the only one that the belt holder that did not have, have a match. match. And we just figured Juice has been hot. Since January, since he's he since he won that title, and especially with um, him kind of holding it down when the original guys couldn't make the tour the first time because of our stupid country, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he really held it down. And we figured he deserved a spot on that on that card. So I was happy to to find out that not only was Flip Gordon there, and we kind of marked out for that, and they kind of started the match between those guys. Silas Long, Silas Young, and the other guy came out. And then Juice Robinson, <laughs> and I forget the name of their faction that they have, but Juice Robinson and the other guy that came out, and it turned into a three-on-three match, and it was a gimmick match. Um, I can see some people not really into it because it wasn't really a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying they really wanted to see these guys kind of wrestle, but Bully Ray doesn't really do that anymore. He does the gimmicky stuff. Um, he does the fun stuff. This was a fun match. This is this is everything I expected to be, maybe even a little bit more. Okay. Juice Robinson is a fool. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Bully Ray is, the pageantry, the things that they do inside of the ring together is very entertaining. There was one spot they actually did the old um Waza. Yeah. <laughs> but they were actually giving that move to Bully Ray, so I thought that was pretty fun uh, for the match. Um Flip Gordon and the guys they wanted. Yep. Um there was some pretty nasty um Kindle stick. That's what usually street fights mean. Just yeah. grab whatever you can. Um, <laughs> Flip Gordon is tough. Um, <laughs> he took three square. He asked for, begged for, and got three square. You know, Kindle shots on his back. You can see the whips from the two hundred section where I was at. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty nasty. But it's worse than watching the Knicks play. <laughs> but I would say to the band, this guy can go. Book Flip Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Book Flip Gordon. We definitely want to see this guy again. The uh, the next match on that card was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship Triple Threat Match between Bandito, Dragon Lee, and Taji Ishimori. This this is one of the matches. This is when we start getting into the meat and potatoes of the show. Okay. So this will probably be like the real opener for the New Japan side and seeing the, the quote-unquote real wrestling. These guys killed it. Yeah. I, Dude, I've always loved how junior heavyweights have been represented in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, they really make them a big deal, and you know, it's it was an I, I just I can't say it, too many more things. It just it was an incredible match to watch. It was balls to the wall action nonstop for at least a good 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, these guys really went out there and left it out in the ring. Um, it was really fun. We got a new champion out of it. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Dragon Lee ended up winning the match. And uh, a lot of the comments uh, on the section that I'm looking at, they said that the, the Garden was super into that match. Yeah. This probably might have stolen the show if it wasn't for another particular match. <laughs> which, we'll, which we'll get into next. Uh, we had Championship for Championship. It was a four-corner survival. So you had Evil and Sonata. Mm-hmm. You had the ROH World Tag Team Champions, the Villain Enterprises. Yep. You had the IWGP heavyweight tag team, G.O.D. And then you had the Briscoes. <laughs> this was 
another match that, you know, it included both sides, but this was still kind of balls to the wall action. It was kind of presented more in a fun way than in a competitive way, but it was still a lot of things. There was a lot of things happening in this match all over the place. It was almost too much to pay attention to, especially towards the end. Um, Villa Enterprises, PCO. Jesus Christ, my back still hurts from seeing that power bump. Oh my God. I think everybody in New York <laughs> felt that. Um, I have to say that maybe PCO may have been the second or third as biggest pop in that building at night. Wow. People love this guy, and I don't know if it's because they know his history or they're just really impressed with what he's doing right now. The guy is 51 years old. 51. And he damn near out wrestled everybody in his match. <laughs> there are there are some opinion, people yeah. that are just built differently, you know. I mean, we got Undertaker who's walking around with the back with a back brace right now. Uh, but uh, there you are some Undertaker. Guys. You remember when Goldust came back? Goldust, <laughs> and he just started just wrecking that when him and Cody had to run with the titles and they had to match with Dusty. It was fighting for the jobs. Like that, that's PCO right now. He's a bigger guy. He's kind of built. He's kind of stacked, but he he's flying off the top rope. He's doing topes. It's crazy, and his interest is actually pretty dope as well. He kind of did, like, his whole electric chair thing. Mm-hmm. It was pretty dope. But, um, uh, you know, G.O.D. gets the win, but then everybody was distracted with what was going on outside of the ring, which is what we alluded to earlier. So, first of all, just to say some, just to say a couple of things about G.O.D., um, these guys really do kind of wrestle like a, a low-impact match, low-key. Okay. On a regular basis, you're not really getting a lot of wild factor out of them, usually. Um, and it was kind of the same thing in this match to the very end. Those two last, those last two moves that they pulled off, off the top roof to kind of finish finish this match were really impressive. And like, they were like, wow. Like one of them was like a like a kind of stacked power bomb, off the top rope. Then they got the other guy. Did something. Yeah, it was just it was just really impressive. They pick up the win. But from my section, um, where the incident was happening was on the other side of the ring. So it it looked at first like somebody you know saying hopped. We had, we had the exact same thing that happened at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Actually, so people were actually talking about what happened at the Hall of Fame. As it was happening. As it was happening while we were there. So it was just kind of ironic that that's happening and this is happening kind of almost at the same time. Um, it's coordinated attacks, people. Everybody's trying to get famous this weekend. <laughs> so two guys jumped the ring, jumped the um, barricade, and um, got into a fist fight with the Briscoes. There was a little bit of breaking up. Bully Ray kind of ran out the back. And I'm just seeing this wild white hair, and I'm just like, no, that's not Enzo. Let me let me preface this. This is when it started working for me. <laughs> and the first thing I said, are you fucking serious? I was like, there's no way that – and I had to look again, and of course, there it goes. Bully Ray, Bully Ray swinging Enzo like a fucking ragdoll into the side barricade. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what has happened? And then I see the other guy. I didn't really catch Big on at Cass, first, but yeah. I kind of assumed that it was going to be Big Cass. But I'm just like, what? what is these guys doing? And, and we, then when I seen the kind of jaw jacking on the side, and then they kind of hopped over the barricade, and they walked out on their own, I'm like, oh, my God. It's a fucking work. Somebody gave Enzo a big cast of job. And we were, we, we, you know, we were talking about this offline. It's like Enzo posted last week mm-hmm. that Enzo was all in with AEW, and then it made him take it off. 
whether it was him or whether he felt he got some pressure from Cody and the team, but he took that post down after everybody, you know, of course, it never dies. You can delete anything you want, but the internet takes a screenshot of everything. You know what? I, you just... I think it's so much better that it's not a part of that. You're depressing my life right now. (laughs) That that better not be any way true. Um, Enzo Big Cass, part of Ring of Honor. It will probably do Ring of Honor a lot of good. Yeah. Um, Because it's even though, like I said, once again, even though that their their programming doesn't show in all markets across the country, there's still this thing called the internet, and you can still generate a buzz with what you're doing. Um, and if you're really not following like Ring of Honor people or like you know St. Cloud Broadcast or anything like that, you're not gonna see anything that happens on Ring of Honor. Nothing to, nothing from there is gonna show up on that radar. There's not a lot of people that's kind of reporting on it. You know, saying. So, Daddy Melster is not is nowhere near there. <laughs> he's all, he's all the way into Japan, but he's nowhere near, you know, Ring of Honor. So, we just don't really know what's happening. I just don't think because there's not really much newsworthy things that are happening over there. If you're not paying attention. Enzo and Big Cass, they would definitely draw attention to, to the product and Ring of Honor and make people kind of interested, even if they don't have access to it. For a hot second. Yeah. And and I'm guessing that's that would be the the logic behind Ring of Honor. Like you said, they were trying to set up angles. Yeah. What better angle than to bring these two I don't know, would you call them disgraced stars from <laughs> WWE? The one thing I have to say is that um I remember seeing Big Cass working some indie stuff a few months ago. And he looked like he ate Big Cass. Yeah. But he was uh he looked to be in pretty good shape. Yeah. So yeah. I, w- I would have tested that from where I was sitting as well. So. <laughs> from the 200 section, you saw that big guy. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to see where this goes. But, you know, big, big Enzo, <laughs> Enzo and Big Cass, they have jobs again, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so moving along, we have the uh, British Heavyweight Championship. And this was Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr., who is the belt holder. So what I feared happened, happened. This ended up being kind of the other bathroom break okay um, so to speak and this was after all the mayhem went off with right. Enzo and Cass and which was the exact same while how the women suffered the same type of right so you had all this that. excitement from what was pretty exciting three to four way tag team match plus an angle to you know a kind of slow s- slow paced match kind of low key the match itself started out slow ended up pretty great um the, that's kind of the things I'm interested in personally, like all those grapples and all those different maneuvers that, that they do. Zach Sabre Jr. is actually pretty great. As unbelievable as, he's, as he is, on TV, he's pretty skinny. In real life, he's even skinnier. He, he, <laughs> this guy is a broomstick. How the, well, I mean, considering it's the British Heavyweight Championship, you have to be <laughs> about a buck 25 soaking wet. <laughs> So it's just amazing. It just goes to show you how great a storyteller Zack Sabre Jr. is inside of the ring, especially when he gets a chance to work with somebody as great as Tanahashi, who's been an ace for New Japan for since forever. Um, Tanahashi also is really good at wrestling this style as well, so they actually had a really good match, especially towards the end. It started off slow, but um, towards the end, it kind of got really good there. Um, People got into it after a while. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you know, it started out, it was kind of like, okay, this is kind of the palate cleanser, and, you know, kind of take a break on it or whatever. So it was kind of quiet in the building for that first half. But that second half, people got into it. Um, there was some near falls and some near 
um, some near submissions, if you, if the, the the best way to describe them. He, he tried tying them up into a fucking pretzel, man. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. That that last maneuver oh, was fuck. just like, yeah. That's like I, I haven't bent like that since yeah, ever. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. But uh, was that was a that was a good match? Yeah, and it was then a good showing for them. What's crazy was you. We've never even we haven't even gotten to the IG or IWGP Intercontinental Championship, which was Ibushi versus Naito or Naito? yeah Naito yeah. Apologies for if I mess up your names. <laughs> you, can, you can catch me outside. <laughs> so this is my match of the night. This is the one that stole the show. Um, this one was. Was balls to the ball action from beginning to end. They told a great story. Um, Naito being more kind of like the jerk heel. Um, everybody just loves Ibushi, especially after this this documentary about um, about Kenny Omega mm-hmm. and people getting to know more about his story and how he came up. Um, yeah, this is this was just a great match. I everything about this match was just especially when Ibushi awesome. got tossed into the security guard and he yeah. no sold it. Yeah, like he had no idea what the hell was going on, <laughs> and then they got into it. It's like that's great. Thank you. That's how you do it. <laughs> not, not some, not some fake-looking cops on WWE that don't know how to put a, put a pair of handcuffs on properly, apparently. But I was like, that was great. That was completely what you wanted from the the type of match that they were trying to put together. You know, the moments. You know, they were building anticipation. Mm-hmm. The, the audience was into it, and you know, they both were able to tell a great story within the ring. Yeah, and the story ended with Kota Ibushi winning the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. So this must be a slow build for Ibushi. I mean, he's he's kind of deserved the flowers for a while. Mm-hmm. His story is he never really actually signed a real contract to just now. Uh, when you know, saying Kenny and the boys kind of bounced, he signed a two year he signed a two year deal with uh, New Japan. Okay, so he committed with them, and you know. Hey. When you can when you commit to New Japan, they'll take care of you. Yeah. They put you in the matches, and you know, said so this is a great match. This is a good storm for him. He's the IWGP championship champion now. So I'm just after going a forward. bunch of. And in my head, I took some ibuprofen that evening too. There was a lot of knees to that head. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, even if it was real, I was like, if you're gonna try to end me like that, nah, just, <laughs> just make it quick, make it quick and sweet. Uh, Big match that I, was after this. I oh. do hope that um, going forward, this means that um, Naito is going into the IWGP Heavyweight Champion picture now. Yeah, um, he's been there before, um, kind of kind of peaked before his time, but I think either him or Sonata, it's their time. It's their time to get up in that picture, and we'll talk about the the Heavyweight Championship later and how that kind of figures into. The game plan for New Japan going forward. What was the next one? Uh, the Jay Lethal, the triple threat match. So this one, it was a good match. Um, I gave this one, what did I give this? I think I gave this like a 3.5. It's not bad. Um, I can't say I've seen e- any one of these competitors in a ladder match before. Um, so it, seemed, it, it, it did kind of come off of you know, we kind of want to play this safe as possible. We don't really want to get hurt. <laughs> We're not sure. There was a there was a spot like towards the end where I think something was supposed to happen where both guys were kind of laying on respective ladders and Marty Scurll was just like, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's the way it kind of felt. But um, this match was great. This match, this, this match ended up being pretty good. Um, Marty Scurll. Poor Marty. Yeah, he had his, <laughs> he had his spots in there. 
And, you know, I was listening to the promo that he cut before the match, and he was talking about, you know, if I don't win it here, where does my career really go? I know he's under a contract right now that's not up anytime soon. We're all, whereas, you know, so we can all assume that he's going to AEW shirt after this, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be for a while. Mm-hmm. I know he's also challenging for the 10 pounds to go later on, either this month or next month. I believe so, against Nick Aldis. Okay. Um, so we'll see what comes with that, but he was my pick to win this match. Um, Jay Lethal has ever had a very long range, long range with that that belt. Um, he's great. He still performs as if it's day one. Like he that just, the he elbow just, drop. Yeah, the fan got uh, a ladder to the face. It had a little bit of this. It had a little bit of that. That was great. I don't know how it showed up on television, but definitely in the building, the ladder to the face happened. And watching it, it on social media from all different perspectives. Was absolutely just like oh shit yeah <laughs> the whole builder was chanting that as like, it wasn't so much more it's like you know the massive elbow drop that he dropped but it's like oh shit this guy took a ladder to the face <laughs> was it a work <laughs> or do, do they know him you might want to sign that guy <laughs> that guy's got health insurance at least <laughs> um, this match ended up with Matt Taven Matt Taven walking away with who's it who's been the who's been the fake Ring of Honor champion for a long time <laughs> now he's a real Ring of Honor champion. Yep. Um, makes sense um, for the story going forward. I expect them to have a long run. People really hate this guy. He had a, had a lot of heat in the building. Um, he had a nerve to actually have a shirt made. <laughs> 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 Madison Square Taven. And it worked so well that there was a guy in the front row wearing a shirt. And he got a lot of heat <laughs> when they put the camera on him. So um, Taven is an entertaining character. Um, they kind of used him to rebuild the kingdom after... Adam Cole and everybody left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so now I think he's kind of taking the rain, rain on very well. So, putting the title on him while everybody hates him, that's great. Him and his purple ladder. Hey. <laughs> they, got, they got the job done. Um, like I said, there were there seemed like there was a few botches here, a few mis- miscues. Um, a couple times where guys didn't really know where, where they were going, what they were doing. So, that kind of took away from the match. It was pretty obvious. But, you know, saying so still a solid match three out of five. Mm-hmm. Good. And that leads us to the final match, which was probably ending up at, in Chicago time, about eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> at this point, you're just you're just praying that this ends quickly, or it just that entertaining to keep you awake. I was exhausted. <laughs> I was also drenched in sweat. Sweat. I was almost out of out of breath. Like I couldn't almost speak anymore. Which kills me because you're in New York. Why start it at seven thirty if the goal is to make? I mean, it's a four hour show. It's not the 17-hour marathon that is WrestleMania, mm-hmm. but it's a four-hour show. Start at 6.30. What's the problem with starting at 6.30? Or even at 6 o'clock? Well, I don't get that. Especially like when they – here, just perfect uh, – I do side work at the at the Bulls games. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would anybody want to watch a Bulls game starting at 7.30, 8 o'clock at night for a national broadcast on ESPN? Nobody's going to stay up there. No. Chicago, we got to be in bed by 9 fucking 30. Because we got shit to do the next day. That is, I'm not, I'm, that is definitely I don't get not it. New York. That's definitely no. not New York at all. Um, we didn't get out of, we didn't get out of Nashville Riders about 12, 12, 15. Oh, shit. But best believe that New York didn't die down to like maybe 3, 4. In of the course. Morning. That's why they earned that moniker, the city that never stays I mean, I, I left the garden. I went I went to Times Square. It's crowded. <laughs> I'm walking around. I'm taking the L back to where I need to go. It's just so crowded. Like, it's just like it's 12 in the afternoon. So, you know, so doing the lace stuff stuff in New York, I, you know, that's just part of their creed. Yeah. It's part of what they do. 
but I was definitely exhausted. The building was pretty exhausted by the time this match started. Like I said, I was almost out of out of voice. Um, I had some people to the right of me that were actually getting ready to get into a fight. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's not Madison Square Garden if you're not getting into a fight. So, I mean, that goes anywhere at this yeah. point, especially when you've been sitting next to each other for four and a half hours, just tired <laughs> of shit. I'm ready to fight somebody too. And yeah, this 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 match this match went pretty long. Um, a lot of psychology in the beginning of the match. But it picked up, and the crowd was getting into it towards the end. Um, a lot of, you know, said a couple of near falls. I like to say that this was probably Jay White's best showing. Yeah, he, he came out. He came out. I mean, he took everything Okada gave him. Yeah. Everything he got. What he gave him, though, the couple Rainmakers, a Tombstone. He, he pulled out the entire... Yeah. Uh, he pulled out the entire move list. It's like, man, he really went for it. And, you know... It, it worked out. Worked out. I know my brother was talking about it that they were really big on Okada with the the quest for five, uh, for him to get the championship, and especially since being in Madison Square Garden. So yeah, you know this was kind of like the predicted outcome for this type of match. Mm-hmm. But man, he uh, he really they really put on a real good show. I really feel like um, for the match itself, they could have gone either way. If Jay if Jay would have won, he would have got a lot of heat in that building. Oh yeah, and that probably would have been. And they already hated him. Yeah, they, they booed him. Did. They booed him from the from the get go. Yeah, it was nonstop, <laughs> and he was eating it up. He loved every minute of it. But Okada got the win in the end after three rainmakers in a row. I believe it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was pretty incredible to, then, to see. <laughs> it was pretty incredible just period just to see Okada just in that building. His presence, he is like he's elders. huge. He's <laughs> huge. And you know, so for for that to kind of translate over to the American crowd, like I was, I was happy to be there and see that. I think as now as Jay White is what he's like the newly minted leader of the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. I think like, this was a good showing. Yeah, this was an extremely good showing for him. And then uh, you circle back with the God guys. This is a way for them to rebuild the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it was definitely definitely a good showing. I thought it was really good. Yeah, especially hey, that's your that's your 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 send off. That's your that's the big show. You get everybody that wanted what they wanted. Hey. Yeah. Someone took notice. Yeah. <laughs> you see what happens when, when, when you kind of give in to what the, you know. When you listen to your fans and you take your ego out of it. Your ticket paying, pay-per-view paying, merchandise paying fans. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can surprise us here and there. We don't, you know, we don't need a happy ending all the time. But we just want... Something that makes sense in the end. Yeah. So it makes sense for Okada to get the title back after taking a hit from the Elite and a whole bunch of guys kind of leaving them. Um, shout out to Kushida who just signed with NXT. Um, we just saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another. I think that was another pretty big blow to New Japan. Even though I don't think there was anything else that Kushida could do there, he kind of accomplished everything he could. Um, if, you, if the idea is to kind of you know what I'm saying kind of go back and you know saying rebrand New Japan. And really kind of put a foot forward in Japanese wrestling and trying to push that to the rest of the world. Yeah, Okada needs to be at the top of that that mountain. People need to know that you know. So this is this is the guy that you need to see when it comes to Japanese wrestling. Absolutely, the so, absolute perfect representation. We of knew what they're putting out there. Yeah, we knew that you know they were trying to fit Jay White into like the the Kenny Omega cookie cookie mode, and you know it worked it worked out for him. It made him a a huge star, probably bigger than what he would have been if the, you know, these other guys would have stayed. Um, so, you know, saying kudos to um, Jay White. He's actually got a great story as well. So, you know, to kind of see him in the spotlight, you know, saying I'm, I was kind of happy to see that as, as well. But, you know, this is the right move for their company. They're not really talking to anybody else. They're not really trying to do deals with anybody right now. 
and and I think it's because they need to, they need to restructure. You know, what I'm saying put the belts on the right people, make sure the rep- representation is, is is kind of um in front going forward. They're doing a few more American shows that kind of announced inside of the, the mm-hmm. arena, so you know, what I'm saying the 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 brand is going strong. I know, I know the conversation well. last night when we were talking about it. It's like with the Enzo and the Ring of Honor in New Japan. New Japan was reacting to that as if they had no idea what was going on. They treated that I, from the aspect of the Bret Hart attacker. They had no idea this was what was going on until they finally realized that Ring of Honor just put this up on them, you know, at the last second. Mm-hmm. That's going to fracture that relationship. Yeah. It doesn't matter what what you think of Enzo and Big Cass. I don't think at any point do you think that fracturing your relationship, ruining that relationship you have with New Japan to put on a super card to sell out the Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. That's that doesn't do your business any good, especially if you're not on very many markets to begin with. Yeah, like I said, the, most of the pageantry was definitely on the Ring of Honor side. Uh, and, you know, the workhorses were on New Japan. Yeah, I think these guys are really going for and want to stand out, you know, as a, you know, independently. Mm-hmm. You know, so as a company, and you know, especially with them not really interested in doing any deals with AEW or any other promotion right now, you know, I think that is the focus. And you can see that's what what they were doing inside of that building. So yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. If if they had no idea that they were going to do something like that, that's not good. That's not a good look. That's not a good look for somebody when AEW's already partnered with AAA, mm-hmm. when WWE already has their NXT brand and it's mm-hmm. a thriving brand. It's like. You don't want to really get rid of any partners when you're trying to be in this race, which is a marathon, not a sprint at this point, because you're not just trying to eclipse the other, because we all know that's not going to happen. Right. Shout out to the AAF. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. So, like, you know, Ring of Honor, you know, saying, like I said, they did those things to kind of make angles and try to get people more interested in their product, in my opinion, and, and, and kind of pull in the room in, in the arena where I was at, you know, it was the Ring of Honor is that people didn't really know too much about mm-hmm. they were really big about new japan so you know saying so we'll see going forward if this kind of hurts or helps them but all in all it was a great time i, I had the time of my life it was actually my birthday that day when i was in the building so you know said so I, I had fun <laughs> <laughs> and you know so i would love to do something again i would definitely going forward would love to see new japan live again i would love to see new japan host a super card in Tampa Bay next year. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be <laughs> great. Go ahead, and it's right around April Fool's. Just announce it that they're they're selling out the Tampa Stadium out there, the Tropicana <laughs> Field or something, whatever. I mean, they'll fill it before the Rays actually fill it, so why not, right? Right. But with that being said, that closes out the first part of our episode. We want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, Sean, if you're listening, thank you, but you lost your chance for Bagel Bites. <laughs> They're gone, buddy. Sorry. Well, They're there's a couple gone. left, but we could polish those off real quick in between the next takes. <laughs> but thank you for listening to us. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Wise Men Wrestling Podcast and on Twitter at We Are The Wise Men. Please, uh, we're always uh, willing to interact with our fans, and uh, we hope to make some new ones. Thank you. Take care.